Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Identity, there it is. Our identity is important to us. I often listen to talk radio and someone will call in and the screener will say, this is Joe on the line. And Joe will come on and say, not Joe, Jim. It's not like we're going to ever meet the guy. What does it matter if he got the wrong name on the radio? Well, it matters because your identity matters to you. You are a person. You are a person who has become what you are. You have a name, and that name is important to you. And if we have people remember us and remember our names, we feel good. So our identity is important. Now, every one of us here has a family name. And that family name says, this is my relationship in family. These are the people I am connected with. That can be a very good thing or it can be a very bad thing, depending upon the reputation of the family name. But it is important that we understand we all have a family name and we think about that name. It is important to us. We also have a given name. Now this is the name that has been attached to me from someone in my family. Maybe that name honors another family member. And my identity is somewhat connected to that person. Or maybe my name is in honor of a family friend, and therefore I have a connection to that person through my name. Every time I think about this concept, I remember what happened in naming Austin and Aubrey, our twins. Rebecca had already, already had the name Aubrey in her head from years earlier. And now, because they're twins, we want to connect them somehow. How do we get a name that connects them? And we were playing cards with a family in the church back in Arnold, Missouri, and they had just gotten a dog, and they named him Austin. There it is. Now our son is connected to a dog. That's his identity. But then some of us have nicknames. Nicknames that have been given to us because of something we did, because of the way we carry ourselves, some kind of character trait. I would be interested in knowing how many people here were given a nickname sometime in their lives. Oh, some of you are going, like, 
I'm not sharing mine. Well, in high school, one of my best friends named me Gopher. I never knew why, but it's a nickname. But all of those names are our identity. It's who we are, and I understand that, and I appreciate that. We have an identity. As it relates to our spiritual lives, we have an identity. Our identity is Christian. In James chapter 2 or James chapter 4, it was James who wrote and said, Do they not blaspheme that holy name by which you are called? There were people blaspheming the name Christian. It is a holy name by which you are called. We as Christians have a family name. Paul said in Ephesians 3, I bow my knees to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We are Christians because of Christ. We are in the family of Christ. And we should take pride in that name. We should appreciate the identity that we have in Jesus Christ, our family name. But that family name is also a given name. In Acts chapter 11, the Bible says that the disciples were called Christian first in Antioch. That James passage, that holy name by which you are called, that word called is the same word over there in Acts 11. And here's what it says, God called it. This is not a name given to us by people who didn't like Jesus. And they said, okay, let's call them Christians because that will put a bad name on them since their person died on a cross. God said, I want my people to be known as Christians. And he called them Christians first in that city of Antioch. It is our family name, and it is our called name. But in Acts 22, we find out that we had a nickname. Did you know that we, as Christians, had a nickname given to us by the people who saw our first brethren in action? Paul said, I persecuted the way, even to the point of death. We were known. Our early family members were known as the way. That was our nickname. It is our identity. We should take pride in our identity. Last week, while I was traveling, 
I listened to Brett and Oren preach. Brett made a statement that stuck with me. And I want to pursue it just to emphasize his point even more. I want you to notice that our identity as Christians is tied to, connected to, it's how we have our identity, through love and unity. For a few minutes, let's make sure we understand our identity and the importance of it coming from our love and our unity. First, love secures us to our identity. Jesus said, through love we secure ourselves to the one who named us Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Love secures us to the identity of Christian in the eyes of the world who are watching us. And when they watch us and they see us, they want to know. We've always heard that this God that you serve is a God of love. And while we're watching you, we want to see if his love is in you. One world leader is attributed to have said, the Jesus of Christians I rather like, but the Christians of the Jesus I don't care much for. I know that's painting with a broad brush, but I think what he's saying is this. I hear about this man, Jesus, but then I watch his people. And I'm not sure that his people look like him. If we're going to, in the eyes of the world, secure us as Christians to the identity we have in Jesus, then we have to love one another. But number two, we secure ourselves to this identity in the eyes of each other as a part of this church. Dr. Abraham Maslow in 1943, wrote a paper in which he included something we've heard many times, I'm sure, in various contexts in psychological terms. He wrote about the hierarchy of needs that he proposed that all people have. All people have 
physiological needs. We want food. We want to have drink. We want things, we need things that secure us physically. We have safety and security needs. We want to feel safe. A child comes into this world and oftentimes you can tell how secure that child is. Difference between flailing around and swaddled and how calm they become. We have safety and security needs. We have needs of self-esteem. We need to appreciate ourselves. We need to feel good about ourselves. And we do all kinds of things in order to do that. Self-actualization. We ma matter. We count. This really is who I am. I'm a real person. But one of those needs is also the need to love and to be loved. We are people who need to love. People are searching for love. In fact, they are searching so desperately for love, oftentimes they take something that is a facade just to feel that they have found love. The relationships we have in life oftentimes come because we want to love somebody else and we want to be loved by somebody else. When Jesus said, the world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. He also certainly included that every one of us will know that every other one of us is a disciple of Jesus if we love one another. People in this room today, some are searching to be loved. They're looking, desiring to be loved. And all of us want to love and include somebody else in our lives. No matter how introverted we might be, even those most introverted want to include somebody else in their lives. That's the idea. In the passage that was read, Colossians chapter 3, did you notice a number of things that Paul wrote to the Colossians telling them about the love for one another? We are the elect of God. That is our family name. That's who we are. So what about it? Well, be tender in your mercy. Be kind and humble and meek and long-suffering. Bear with one another. Forgive one another because Christ forgave you. But then look at verse 14. I want you to notice this verse. But above all these things, 
put on love, which is the bond of perfection. You ever thought about that phrase before? Love is the bond of perfection. It is the glue that holds things together. It is the nail that holds it. It is what keeps this together. What is that bond? If we are the church that God wants us to be, if I am and you are the Christian that God wants us to be, then we better bond ourselves in this way to perfect the family of which we all are a part. What does it mean that love is the bond of perfection? Love says, you belong. Anybody who wants to can belong to Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter what you're struggling with in the present. It doesn't matter what somebody else thinks about you. This church should be a place where anybody who wants to be here can belong. And to belong means I'm a part. I'm connected. We are people who want to belong. We want to be a part of this group that accepts us. Everybody wants to be a part. And in doing so, you must belong and I must belong. And when that happens, number two, we are one. I'm not better than you, and you're not better than me. We're all different, but we are one. The body of Christ, the family of God, is one group, and every single person with every other person is one. Number three, it's the bond of perfection because love says, I need you. I need you. You are important to me. You help me. You make me a better person. This text says that I should love one another and I should esteem you and I should be with you and forgive you. I need you and you need me. There is a need factor in this concept of love. It is the bond of perfection. Therefore, number four, I am devoted to you. I'm devoted to you. When you hear a rumor, 
about one of your brethren, what's your first thought? Oh, must be true because it's out there. Or is your first thought, oh, I pray that it's not true. I can't imagine that being true. Let's make sure that we don't spread that kind of gossip and rumor that hurts people. You know why? Because I'm devoted to you. When we talk about each other, we're not connected. But love secures me to my identity. And if I claim to be a Christian, then I am bound to every other Christian because we all belong. We're all one. I need you, and I'm devoted to you. The bond of perfection. Love secures my identity to me, that is unity, secures my identity to me. Love says, here is your identity. If you love like that, you're secured to that identity. Unity says, here is the identity. And I'm going to secure it to you if you are in unity. John chapter 17. Have you ever thought about what you would say if you had a chance before you died to give your last words? You ever thought about that? What would be the final things that you would want said when a married couple is apart because of a trip? What's the last thing you say to each other? Do you want it to be a spat? An unresolved issue? What if you're never together again? Do you want to live with that? Or do you try to make sure that the last thing you say is something that keeps you connected and that can be taken from then on, no matter whether you see each other again? Which way do you want to be? What's the last thing Jesus said? Some of them were in John 17. I do not pray for these alone, but also for all those who will believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, and the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you gave, gave me, I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are, I in them, you in me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them as you loved me. 
Love secures my identity of Christian to me in the eyes of the world. When his people, his family, when we are united, the world believes that Jesus was sent here by God. If we as a church in Richmond are unified the way God wants us to be, then people in the world who see us will be led to believe, okay, maybe this Jesus is real because his people are connected and they claim to be his people. Number two, it connects us to each other. It, in our eyes, we verify that our identity is ours. If someone in this church says, because I see what these people do when they're not in that building, I don't think they really are a part of God. And if that's who that church is, I don't want to be there. It's a failure. Maybe on the part of the one who sees it by holding us to a standard that is impossible because we all sin and fall short. But it's also potentially a problem with the people who fail to show unity with the Lord. But then there will be broken people who come to be a part and to look at this church and to say, is this where I want to be? Do these people have a family connection? They claim to know God. They claim to be named by Jesus. Do they really have that family unity? And they will look and they will say, yes, I see it. And I want to be a part of it. That's the challenge that Jesus left. But finally, God in his eyes secures our identity to us when we are unified. When God looks at us as a church and in his mind he sees us and watches us and knows us, he is securing to us, yes, that is a group of Christians. That's the family of my son. And God secures that identity to us, working with us, through us, and in us to be a powerful force to the world that needs to see and to the people who need to be a part. We have an identity. Let us be proud of it. We are Christians. And our love will secure us to that identity. And our unity will secure that identity to us. Don't you want to be a part of a group of people who love like the Lord loved and who are connected to each other in the same way that Jesus is connected to his Father, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you.
we want you to be a part. We want to be a church that says, we will love you. And we are unified together, and you can be a unified part of this group. If you don't have a place that will love you and take care of you and challenge you and grow you, we want to be that place. But now all of us who are here, we need to be that place. You see, in the eyes of the world, as they're watching or even people who are apart here might say, by looking at the unity, God is in that place. I see him. And they might say, therefore, this is God's place. We want to make this God's place. Living up to our identity. Today, if you want to find your identity in Jesus... Committing your life to him, immersed into his death, burial, and resurrection. To be a part of the family of Jesus, we'd be glad to help you. Or maybe you just want to reach out to a group of people to love you and help you. We're here for that purpose. Can we help you today? Let's stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.